0: This is Charlie Friday, and welcome to the Stream Coach Podcast, the show that helps you step up your game as a professional live streamer. And now here's your host. She hid from Chuck E. Cheese at her 12th birthday party, Ashnee Christ.
1: Hello streamers! Welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. I am so excited to have you here with us today because you just stumbled upon one of the best ways to spend an hour and a half of your time. Okay, this episode is going to blow your mind. This is literally one of the most helpful people in the Twitch education space that we're going to be talking to today. This is... This was an amazing, amazing interview. There's a lot of amazing stuff going to be coming from me and this person we're going to be speaking to. So we're actually going to be talking today about YouTube, like why YouTube is important for streamers, what kinds of things you can do to make better YouTube videos. I'm a huge believer, and I talk about this all the time, that YouTube is one of the best tools for you to grow your stream. The problem with streaming is that the growth, the main portion of the growth happens while you're live, right? And whenever you're not live, if you just stop showing up to Twitch, the the growth stops. Like the growth stops. You're not live. You're not getting the subs, the bits, the tips, the follows, the views anymore. But with a YouTube video, YouTube videos are little employees. And I want you to have this mindset shift of like you make a video, it's out there always working for you. It's like a business card. You make hundreds of them and you've got a hundred little employees out there working to bring more people into your space. This was a huge reason why we were able to grow so quickly on Twitch, why we hit our path to partnership achievement in two months. It's massive. If you are not on YouTube, you are messing up, okay? So listen to Pete. Today we're going to be interviewing Pete from Gaming Careers. If you've seen the Gaming Careers YouTube channel, it's an amazing, amazing YouTube channel. He does a lot of fantastic videos about just helping people go after their streaming dreams as well. He approaches it kind of more from the tech side, but the videos are so like ridiculously researched, and you'll hear him talk about this, that it distinguishes him from those people that have just built tech videos that are very basic, like unboxings, and maybe they do like some uh, little advice or how to increase the quality, but Pete really, really goes in depth. So he's going to talk about his strategy and the best ways that that he grew to 100,000 subscribers in a, a little bit over a year. He just slayed it. So let's get into it. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. Today with me I have Pete from the Gaming Careers YouTube channel. Hi Pete. Hello. Hey, it is so good to have you on the show. I'm really, really excited for this episode.
0: No, thanks for having me. I'm excited too.
1: Yeah, so the first thing that I wanted to say was just congrats on your recent switch to full-time. That is so exciting.
0: Very exciting, yeah. Um, It's just been the most surreal experience. Yeah. Like. I don't know about you, but I'm sure you're the same that you didn't start it with like any, or you didn't start what you're doing with any sort of drive to do it full time or ambition for that kind of thing. And it's just the whole thing's blown up such a dream come true, honestly. I'm, I'm just so happy with doing it full time.
1: Yeah, that's so awesome. And you've seen some like really incredible growth too. And it's been about a year and a half of you like creating on YouTube, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. I started um, last uh, December 2016. So yeah, coming up coming up to two years between a year and a half and two years right now.
1: That's so awesome. How has being full time like changed your content?
0: Um, I would like to say that it meant that I could make more content. But <sighs> I'm sure that there's some of my subscribers in chat that would disagree. I feel like I have way more time, obviously being full time, but I've also want to do everything. So like when I was working a full time job, my my spare time would 100% be around creating videos. So it'd either be researching or scripting, recording, editing, doing all the YouTube kind of things. Whereas now, because I do this in all of my time, I, I want to do everything like I want to you know, make updates to my website or start a podcast, all these kind of things. And they all take a lot of time. So even though I feel like I have more time, I also in a way feel like I am way more busy because I'm filling that time with so many more tasks. So I love it. I'm definitely not complaining. But um, I'm also apologizing to my to my subscribers who probably thought they were going to get, you know, daily uploads. And it's just it's just not like that. There's just too much work for each video.
1: Yeah, so much work goes into each of your videos. Like whenever we talked before, I was kind of shocked how often or like how many how many days does it usually take for you to film?
0: The actual filming bit I usually get done in a day. The longest part of it is like the research part because I'm sure we'll get into this later, but like my whole philosophy around creating videos was like quality content. I wanted to have the best video on that topic on YouTube and you know, for it to be evergreen and still to be searchworthy in a year's time, I really wanted to make sure that I covered like all angles and made sure that I wasn't skipping over anything. So actually the recording of like me on camera and like my voiceover, I can get done in a day, but the like research stage and like scripting and then I I usually just bullet point what I'm actually going to say, but then I'll turn that video into an article for my website as well. So I'll need to have some things written out. Things like that take take a lot longer.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Being a person who like sits down one day and I film a five or six videos, I have so much I'm respect. I'm so jealous of I, I know. <laughs> but I have a lot of respect for your creative process too because you're putting so much energy into each video. Each one is really, really like massive amounts of work and creativity and, and technique and skill that goes into it. So from my side, I'm like, yes, so good.
0: I think that's come from like, I had a background in video editing. I did some, like I worked for some esports companies and like went and filmed their uh, tournament runs and things like that. And then would edit it together into a, a video of that tournament. And so all that kind of work is, has like the perfectionist side of me working at it because I, I want to create the best thing that I can for a client. And I've really struggled to let that go with my YouTube channel. Like I think my biggest issue, in fact, I've got a poster behind me I don't know if you can see it on screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. It says uh, done is better than perfect. And like that is I need to repeat that to myself every half an hour because I spend way too much time on like the last 10 percent, which maybe doesn't make much of a difference. But like I'm such a perfectionist when it comes to these things.
1: Do you feel like perfectionism has kind of like prevented your YouTube from growing as much as it could have or has it actually been beneficial for you?
0: It's difficult to say, isn't it? Like the growth that I've had over the relatively small amount of videos that I've created. There must be a reason behind that. So I I would be hesitant to say that if I'd created more videos, I'd grow more. I do probably think that would be the case. But there's definitely something that's gone behind this like quality over quantity ethos that I've taken towards it because it has grown so so massively um, for such a small amount of videos.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So let's get into just all of the the YouTube strategy and the Twitch stuff. I'm really interested to hear about your Twitch journey. So how did you you actually find the platform?
0: Well, I have always loved gaming. Um, Like 10 years ago, when I had a lot more time and I was like at university, well, maybe not 10 years ago, but eight years ago, um, I used to play a game called Team Fortress 2 at a pretty competitive level. Um, it sounds quite silly, anyone that knows what TF2 is, because it's like a cartoony game. It's kind of like Overwatch, but there was like a competitive side of the game that was um, c- community-driven, I would say. But um, this is all before Twitch, so I got to quite a high level of that, and some of the matches that I played in would be streamed on a platform that was around before Twitch, which was called Owned, spelt O-W-N-3-D. It was Owned TV. It went bu- it went bust... Um, not long after Twitch launched, but that was like the original streaming platform. And a lot of the games that I played in were streamed on that platform. So I always had like an interest in it. And then when Twitch Twitch came out, I streamed myself like playing TF2 um, at this like relatively high level. And I got partnered really quickly. Um, Partnership back then was nowhere near as like clear cut as it is now with all these like affiliate and then these goals to reach partner. It was kind of like, if you hit a high enough viewer threshold and a twitch member of staff saw you they might offer you partnership so i actually got into twitch like ages ages before i um, starting the gaming careers youtube channel so like there's a massive gap between even there's even a massive gap between me playing tf2 at a high level and starting the gaming careers youtube channel but i have always been involved in like esports and competitive gaming and streaming so like I was always going to find Twitch. I did actually find it super early on, you know, when it was just moving across from justin.tv. But I I did technically stumble on it from a different platform, which was Owned TV. I don't know if anyone will remember that platform, but, like, I've still got a screenshot on my computer somewhere of a final that I played in that had, like, a 1,000 viewers on Owned. And it was, like, that was, like, unreal for TF2 um, eight years ago. It was just crazy.
1: That's actually really good.
0: Yeah nowadays that number gets smashed by you know your regular streamers that are partnered but back then it was a big deal i remember um i remember all like the early stuff and using xsplit and all these things way before obs was around so yeah it was a it was it was definitely an experience and it's been a journey but they're not really directly connected to when i started gaming careers that was like an idea that came a lot later on
1: yeah, how? Because this is a really interesting question. There aren't a lot of people who have like been around as long as you have. Although I do remember owned, <laughs> I do remember that those days too. Um, how has the platform kind of changed since way back in the day when you first started versus now? Is it more difficult to kind of like build a streaming community now? Do you think?
0: Mm, it's definitely become. It's definitely become more difficult. I would say that actually Mixer as a platform really reminds me of what Twitch used to be like. There's like a real community feel to it, and uh, not not a community to do with your stream and your viewers, but a community to do with all the streamers. And like Twitch, Twitch when it was much smaller, it was obviously much easier for you guys for you to know all the other people in your directory, and it wasn't about money. Like I feel like too many people are getting into streaming now with the idea of making loads of money because maybe they've seen like ninja on the news or something like that but back then it was just about sharing your gameplay like it really was just like a way to live stream and hang out with people and for me because i was playing a game at a relatively high level it was a way for people to see how you know a relatively good person and a good team would communicate and work and those kind of things so it's like The platform back then was just so awesome it was so new and only people that had good internet could stream or watch whereas at least now a lot more people can do it so there's definitely been some some great growth for twitch but it's hard to look back on the old times without some sort of nostalgia just because of how like small and niche the platform was
1: yeah, that's so true. It's a completely different landscape, and so now we have to use, like, all of these different strategies and these, uh, these pieces of advice that just people have learned over time that has helped people to, to grow something. So let's uh, talk about the Gaming Careers YouTube channel, though. Uh, my first question is, have you actually streamed since you started the Gaming Careers channel, or is this, yeah, like, your sole endeavor right now?
0: I haven't streamed actually since starting the channel. That's mostly because um, of like where I've lived and the internet and like living with housemates and not being able to stream. Obviously, YouTube is way less taxing on your your connection. You can just like upload overnight if you've got a slow connection or whatever. Um, And I definitely do want to stream again. I'm not really sure what direction I'll go with that because I don't know how interested people will be in watching me play games versus, you know, me doing some sort of education-based live streams. I know last time we spoke, we spoke about, like, how cool it would be if I live streamed me creating the videos. Um, And it was just like a behind-the-scenes version of that. But I haven't worked it all out yet. My internet is in the process of, like, being fixed to be able to deal with live streaming. So we don't know. We don't know. I know there's a lot of demand, and there's a lot of people in my Discord pinging me right now Saying that I need to live stream games, but um, I haven't worked it all out. But there's there's plenty of exciting things coming, and um, obviously like live streaming, I I I want to be doing it in whatever format it ends up being. So there will be live streams, whether it's games or education or whatever it turns out to be.
1: Yeah, I think it'd be really cool to see you. Oh my gosh, it would be so cool to see your behind the scenes process of filming the videos but i think it's going to be really difficult to kind of make that engaging at the same time right because Mm. you have to like film the videos but then pull yourself out of that process to be there and present with the viewership which can be difficult to kind of find the the mixture between the two but i think like the more that you do it and the more comfortable that you get with it it's going to be really interesting to see
0: i think also like it's good for the viewer to see like I I spoke before about how I like to think of my videos as like quality over quantity. And um, sometimes I do like three or four takes to get a paragraph right or something like that. And if I'm live streaming it, then people will see those mistakes. And I think that's important because if people are constantly comparing themselves with really successful streamers, like you aren't going to be as good as them because they've been doing it for four or five years and you've just started like you're going to make mistakes. And maybe I'm part of my purpose as an educator is to like educate on the fact that yeah, I I make loads of mistakes and I'm completely comfortable with it. So I don't know that that whole idea to me is still like, still like churning in my head as to how I could do it. And would it be entertaining? The other side of things is like gaming. I play, I don't play many games anymore just because I spend much more time working on like gaming careers. Um, but the games that I do play are like the ones that you shouldn't stream basically like League of Legends and Overwatch. I still play those two at like a fairly decent level, but like my advice constantly to people is like, don't stream Fortnite, don't stream League of Legends if you're starting out because it's such a hard directory to get started. So I'd hate to go back on my own advice and then be like, hey, first live stream, I'm going to stream, yeah, me playing Diamond in League of Legends or something. <laughs>
1: yeah that would be so difficult and then you know you'd have people come in like uh Pete you've told us not to stream saturated <laughs> games why are you streaming exactly. saturated games <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but I, I think that you could do really good with And honestly, it might be good once uh, Twitch's new tag system comes out. Because I think mm. that tag system might end up changing that typical advice of don't stream saturated games. Like, the advice might actually change to be stream saturated games. But make sure that you use uncommon tags.
0: Yeah, it'll become like YouTube, right? That's yeah. the dream. Oh, my you can, God. You can get noticed as a small YouTuber, like, everybody... That starts a youtube channel starts at zero so like if you can not abuse tags but like use tags and titles and thumbnails and things like that to your advantage exactly like i did on youtube then who knows you could get discovered that that whole side of things like that new tag side of twitch is super exciting because we don't know what it's going to mean i really hope that it's going to mean that it's going to be easier for small and medium creators to get discovered because right now it's like the top five percent of streamers get 99 percent of the views and there's so many good content creators that are out there like people in my community people in your community i'm sure like there's just it's overwhelming and it's so hard for them to get discovered um like i do everything that i can to like try and push people that i really believe are doing the right thing and should just have a bigger audience but i hope that this new twitch tag system really benefits streams like that
1: yeah, and I think we're going to talk about this here in a minute, but the differences between YouTube and Twitch are just ah oh, it's so good. So, let's talk about though uh why did you really choose instead of helping streamers on Twitch initially? Why did you choose to create content for streamers on YouTube instead of Twitch?
0: So, when I when I started the channel, I I still remember it like so vividly. I I was in bed like I woken up, but I was in bed on my laptop and I was like, what what do I want to do? I want to start a YouTube channel. I know loads about live streaming. I my a little bit of background, some people already know this, I'm sure, but um at university I did my dissertation on live streaming of video. So I have like quite a lot of technical understanding about how um video being transferred over the web and codecs and things like that works. So I was like, there's actually so many people that want to learn how to live stream, but there's no good guides. And I just spent like an hour in the morning, just like searching and watching these guides. And, you know, most of the big guides on how to use OBS um, were by big streamers. And they're just like talking through their settings, but not explaining anything. And I was getting so frustrated watching it saying like, yeah, but your settings, when you live in America with a really good internet connection and a really good computer, that they don't apply to this person that's watching in a completely different country, different computer, you know, completely different setup. Like live streaming setup is so difficult because it's completely based on your location and your internet connection and how good your PC is and like what games you want to stream and how you want it to look and there's so many variables. So I was like, I'm gonna write down 200 ideas of what I could teach people about live streaming or about content creation. You know, be it YouTube, Twitch, editing, streaming, any of those things. And that morning, I just sat in bed and I just wrote down 200 video edit, 200 video ideas. And I still have that list today. Like, I think I've uploaded like 35. And it's like, I knew at that point, this has got legs. Whether or not people watch it and subscribe to it, I knew that there was enough content for me to create. And it was a space that I knew was going to evolve massively as well. So there's going to be more content always coming out for it. So I feel like I'm going off massively off track of your question now. I've kind of lost not my trail. All. What was the question you <laughs> asked? It was why did you why did you choose YouTube over Twitch? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I knew that's where people were looking for tutorials. Like Twitch's um, video on demand system still isn't anywhere near as good as YouTube. So, like people are searching how to do things around all aspects of life on YouTube, and I just noticed that there wasn't anyone creating good content for teaching people how to stream. There just wasn't anything that great. There, there was like the odd tutorial, but they were. They weren't channels dedicated to it and they didn't explain it particularly well. So that first month, I I just created like four or five videos. I remember saying to myself, like, I'll create 10 videos. And if I hit 100 subscribers by those 10 videos, then I'll keep going. But if I don't, then, you know, I've just, I haven't wasted my time. I've just spent time creating 10 videos. And like three videos in, I was like at 1,000 subscribers or something crazy. It was just like the most mental growth ever. So, like, I was reinforced straight from the get-go, like, yes, this is a good guy guide- idea. People want this content. And I, I, was, I was a bit lucky because I already had a lot of the camera equipment because I'd been doing this, like, freelance. So I already had, like, a nice camera and, like, some lights and a microphone. So I could start straight away with some essence of quality, I guess. I wouldn't recommend that for people starting out to buy loads of stuff, but I actually already owned it from previous work. So I feel like I did... I did get lucky, but at the same time, I really did do my research about a gap in the niche that I felt like I could fill. And uh, yeah, I guess the rest is, is kind of history.
1: I've noticed that about the quality level of your videos too most of the time whenever you see videos about like twitch advice or uh, even like tech videos based on twitch a lot of them are people that are still like they're they're explaining their settings and everything but they're still in their like twitch scene that they use to live stream in and yours was completely different from that because it was it was like the video was built for YouTube it wasn't just a recording that somebody filmed during a stream. Mm-hmm. Right, So to me, that that really stood out quite a bit, <clears throat> but you are like really focused on the tech side of streaming, which has just been amazing for you. Like your videos have done really well, but there are a lot of tech videos that are out there, right? Like there are a lot of, of videos about OBS, a lot of videos about um, uh Like blue Yetis, microphones, all of that stuff. So how do you feel like your videos really differentiated themselves from everything else that's out there?
0: I think one thing that I tried to do with all my videos is like, like I said, try and research as much as I could about them, but also try and think about all the anomaly cases that people are gonna be searching for. So like blue the blue yeti one is like a perfect example. There like I spent a lot of time when I was creating those videos. Thinking uh, or like googling and looking at search results of issues that people had with Blue Yeti and OBS or Blue Yeti and Voice Meter and things like that. So and I tried to make sure that my video covered all the answers to those kind of things. And I mean that isn't something that I've managed to do completely. There's definitely videos that I've created and there's like one thing that I forgot to say, and then everyone has that. Everyone that has that issue comments and I'm like, oh my god, if I just spent another half an hour researching, I would have found that question and I could have answered it in my video. But I think my because my real drive is like firstly trying to explain every setting that I tell people to do rather than just saying set this to 2500, set this to your closest server. I like try and explain my reasoning behind those settings so that the person then learns what the setting does and then can apply their own circumstances to whatever they're trying to do. So if I'm talking about a Blue Yeti and I'm talking about background noise or something like that, and I'm showing people how to filter out background noise. I explain through what each setting of that does so that they can apply it to their own environment. So I think I think that's really why I've had like success, is because so many people can come to my YouTube videos and then apply the learning that they've had. I, I feel much more like a teacher rather than just like somebody showing what settings are. I'm like trying to teach uh how you can apply the settings to help you. I don't know if I'm doing a great job of explaining this. But uh, um, basically, what I'm saying is I I try and make sure that like, I'm super beginner friendly, but also detailed enough that any anyone that comes to my video can learn from it, whether they're just trying to get a hot fix to make sure that you know, OBS is streaming to the right server, or if they're coming and they're completely new to OBS, and they've never opened it before. Like I I try and cover both bases with that. And maybe that has been part of the reason that it's been successful
1: that's actually so good because you're serving multiple audiences there it's not just and i get the sense from you too that you're more of an educator and like more of a teacher than uh it seems like some youtubers are just creating the videos because they know that that's like a really good search term (laughs) and so they'll target Mm. that because they know that it's good and it's going to grow their channel but i feel like you're you're really looking to like teach people and help them learn how to solve their own problems, as opposed to just like I'm helpful. Yes, but I'm just creating a video and targeting search traffic. So I think that's,
0: that's the, the aim. Point. I'm glad that comes across to you.
1: Yeah, it definitely it's does. Definitely and to me, whenever I see someone like that, I feel like this person probably has a, a deeper reason for the for like why they're doing this. So, do you have one of those? Do you have like a a, a why? I'd imagine that sometimes. You probably have difficult days where you're like, oh, this is so much work. Oh, my gosh. What is the thing that really like pulls you through those times of, of struggle?
0: I mean, for me, this is like genuinely a dream job. I, I think I've been super genuine with my audience and they've seen that from from really early on. I've I definitely do have like days where I can't be bothered or like it's hard work. But then I just like think back to when I was working for somebody else. And I was like, this is so incredible. But my deeper reasoning, I think, is because I knew that I was there from the very start in terms of like streaming and esports and gaming. And I've loved all three of those aspects. And I knew that it was just going to keep getting bigger. And I didn't want to like be 60 when esports is just like this massive thing. Streaming is this massive thing. And I'm just like 60. And I was like, oh, I was there. I was there at the start. And I was, you know, I was involved at the start and I didn't do anything about it. So for me, I was like, I know so much about this topic. I know that it's going to be big. Why am I not getting involved in this space in some in some way? And for me, it just made by far the most sense to do YouTube, which was something that like I had experience in. I had the camera equipment and then I had the the knowledge from like my university degree, as well as like having live streamed before. So it just it it made sense on all fronts. And yeah, it was it was definitely the best decision that I've made. So I, I do have hard days, but for me it's it's still the dream job that keeps keeps me going
1: through. That's awesome. You definitely have like an amazing mixture of things that really makes the the YouTube pop, I think. That's why you popped off. <laughs> Let's talk about the YouTube strategy side of this. I know that a lot of people are really excited about this part. Okay. So, I'm sure you get asked like all the time, how do I grow on YouTube? Right? like how do i grow on youtube how do i make youtube videos that people will actually freaking watch so let's start at the very very beginning of this conversation do you think that streamers should actually spend their time learning about and growing on the youtube platform
0: i do yes i think the main reason for it is because you can you can repurpose a lot of your twitch live content for youtube The worst thing you can do, and like I have said this in videos before, is just upload your four hour VOD to YouTube. Like nobody wants to watch that, especially when you're new and like you're trying to find your feet. Like make highlight videos, make random funny things that happened and keep uploading that kind of stuff. Like people, if your stream gets big, then your YouTube's going to benefit. You see all these streamers with like huge following. And they can just transition that to YouTube because it's it's people that want to watch two different types of content. There's one which is live and there's one which is on demand. And, you know, some people want to watch YouTube on their commute uh, when they can't watch a live stream because you're not live or something like that. So for me, it makes so much sense to do both platforms. I understand people's concerns of like how much time they have. But I think because they're both video based, if you just learn some basic editing skills, you can definitely repurpose Twitch content for YouTube. Um, like there's, there's people that I've found out about in my own community because they've had a YouTube channel and I've ended up stumbling up on one of their videos. And like, I, I feel like discoverability on YouTube is at the moment easier than Twitch. Um, and like, you can get into the whole argument of should you live stream on YouTube for that exact same reason, but it's kind of, I think it makes sense to, to put yourself out there on as many platforms as possible without, spreading yourself yourself too thinly so for me that was like youtube twitter and discord and like obviously i'm moving over to twitch not moving it away from anything but I, now that i'm full-time i'm going to be able to dedicate more time to twitch but like for the first year and a half when i wasn't doing this full-time youtube was where my content lived twitter was where like behind the scenes stuff and like general chit chat and how you could get in touch with me and then i started a discord in january for like the community and i mean that's whole blown up as well. But just concentrate on platforms that make sense for you without spreading yourself too thinly. That would be my advice. I definitely wouldn't just stick to one platform. If you can make use of your content, like you do a perfect example of this as well. You live stream this podcast, but then the podcast will go up to all of the different podcasting apps. And I don't know if you put it on YouTube, but I imagine you probably do like in the edited down version or whatever. Like it just makes sense to do what you can with your content because people can't consume it all the time. Like you're you're very unlikely to have one person that's going to watch your Twitch stream, watch your YouTube channels, look at every single tweet you make, like every Instagram picture, like people follow you on different platforms because they have different ways of being able to interact with you. So I would say yes, I would definitely recommend having a YouTube channel. Just make it so that you get your username that would be my best advice. When you start streaming, just get all of the usernames. It will save you so much pain further down the road. Right now, I've just started an Instagram like three months ago and obviously Gaming Careers has been taken. So I've got like a full stop in the middle of my name and it tilts me to the ground. <laughs> I wish I would just started that at the start, but you know, I'm an advocate now of getting all the usernames at the start.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's such good advice too. I think like if we think about building content. It's not, I think a lot of people like box themselves into this idea of, okay, I want to build a Twitch stream. So I'm a streamer. But if you limit yourself just to Twitch, I mean, there are people that would love to hear you and learn more about you on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, through podcasts. Like, and just like you said, most people, unless they're really, really your fans, like they're not going through literally everything that you're doing. You're creating a bunch of different styles of content to get more people into your space in different ways. Like if you really have a voice and you really have some kind of like, mission or or something that you're trying to help people with? Why would you not want to put it out there in front of as many different people as you can with as many different preferences as people have? Mm. So I think that's really, really fantastic. Um, how does a, how does a streamer choose the types of YouTube videos that they should be creating? Because in the in the very beginning, like it's it's definitely good, I think, to be doing you know highlight videos and, and little clips and all of that stuff. But is there a time when they should start targeting traffic that's specifically YouTube traffic?:
0: I mean I think it's like a case by case basis. I, if I was starting streaming today and trying to stream a less popular game, then I would be looking to create guides on that game. I'd be looking to um, try and work out what people are going to be searching for on YouTube and try and capture them from a YouTube standpoint. And then if if they like your content, they're going to watch you if they can when you're live. So let's say like I'm playing a really small game um, where it's like character-based, and I, I'm like, well, wow, this this game's quite fun, but there's not that much content out there about it. I'll create a guide on how to play this certain champion, and I'll put quite a lot of time into it. But if that game gets bigger, or if there are people searching for that game, they're going to search for it on YouTube, find your videos, and then they're going to want you play live. If you If you create good enough content in that, transition so my my focus would be like on trying to create quality content and I probably come from that side of things naturally anyway but you can always go the other route of yeah highlight videos or like in real life vlogs like certainly if you start to get an audience on your twitch stream even if it's like five ten people some people might want to see the behind the scenes of you you know redesigning your overlays or even if you're just like you know going to the gym or going to the shops or things like that so it's case by case basis. And it's what you want to create, I think you can make a lot of different things work on YouTube. Um, for me, I would come from like the quality and tutorial standpoint. But that's just because <laughs> that's what I've done my whole time. So uh, yeah, I think I think there's many different cases as to what you could apply on YouTube. It's such a big platform. There's so many opportunities still on YouTube, these people that go around saying like, you can't get noticed on Twitch, and you can't get noticed on YouTube anymore. This is I tweeted about this, like, yesterday, I think as my Wednesday wisdom, like we are at the very tip of the iceberg in terms of there is in terms of careers in this space, like it is going to blow up. We're not even close to realizing how big streaming and VOD content can be. I don't think
1: absolutely not. There's no like (laughs) stream coaching is just becoming a thing. And there are business coaches that have been around for like decades, this, this industry has so much potential. And it's going to explode for sure. So why would you not want to get started? Obviously, like, the better time to get started is yesterday or five years ago. But you didn't. So just get started today. Like, push, go live, and just go.
0: 100%. Like, I started a YouTube channel, like, 10 years ago that I just had for my friends and, like, for my TF2 videos and things like that. And that got reasonably popular. Like, 6,000 subscribers, I think, I had by the end. And, yeah, I wish I'd started gaming careers back then. But the next best time to start when you realize is is today. Like just, it's not too late. It's not too late. It's not even close to too late. Like you're still very early, I think, anybody that's starting today.
1: I completely agree. Do you feel like YouTube is easier to start out on than Twitch is?
0: Hmm. I think right now, possibly, because, because YouTube has such better search functionality. Like I got very popular because I created videos um, based around search terms. So I knew what people were searching for. And if I created the best video on answering that question, then I had the belief that YouTube would end up ranking my videos highly. That doesn't really apply to Twitch, you could be the best streamer. But right now, before tags have been introduced, like you can't just get discovered. You kind of have to be lucky in some ways. And you just have to be like, really consistent with your streaming and just, you know, grind it out. It is it is a massive grind. You have to put in a lot of work nowadays to get to get started on Twitch. I think it's really easy for people to think that it's it's like an overnight success, like Ninja was an overnight success, but that's not true at all. He was streaming for years before he became this huge Fortnite streamer. It's just because people find out about him and he's got 100,000 people watching him live and they think, oh, he wasn't anybody to me yesterday and he's now streaming to 100,000 people. He must be an overnight success but you don't see all of the work that that person put in. Uh so I do, I do think right now it's easier to grow on YouTube, but I think tw- I think that's one of the things that Twitch is working on the hardest. They know that they have this massive like um discrepancy between the number of streamers streaming to like zero to 10 people and there's no real way for them to get discovered. So I th- I think they're aware of that being a problem. So I hope that it's going to change and that there's going to be loads more advice that I can give on on how to grow because it is a grind right now. It is a lot of hard work. And thankfully, people do put the hard work in and do keep growing. I've definitely seen people in my community that have managed to achieve that. Um, but on YouTube, uh, it's, it's difficult because I'm coming from my own experience and I feel like I was very lucky on YouTube. But you can abuse that. People are searching for things on YouTube. People aren't really searching for things on Twitch you know, if they're searching for Fortnite and you're a Fortnite streamer with two views, it's going to be very unlikely that they end up clicking on you because they've got probably five thousand channels above you that they would click on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And YouTube is is algorithmical. There's no algorithm on Twitch. Like I mm. I do say that a lot, but YouTube is ah, uh, it just it's it's a lot easier to create content and help people versus. Playing a game and just hoping people stop by. Like, oh my gosh, please, please come in. You can get views on YouTube. You can create one video on YouTube and it can just pop off and get picked up by the algorithm. And then now all of a sudden you're in front of thousands of people. That doesn't really happen on Twitch unless you, like, get a host from a really, really massive streamer. And even then, a lot of the time, the host doesn't really translate into you growing your community. So it's it's really interesting. Let's talk about um, let's talk about like thumbnails and tags and titles, because I really think that those are the three just most important things whenever it comes to creating a YouTube video that really takes off and really resonates with people. What is some advice that you can give us over those three things?
0: Definitely, definitely true. Uh, titles, thumbnails um, are, are bread and butter YouTube. That's anybody that clicks to watch your video has either read your title or seen your thumbnail or a combination of those two, so those two have to be have to be on point like that you should concentrate on that massively. Don't click bait, don't do things like that, but make an appealing thumbnail and an appealing title that people want to click on is incredibly important. I'd say tags and description are becoming like less and less important. YouTube obviously has some big brain AI, which is working out what people want to watch. So I think it's less relevant that you have to have like tags on point than it was three or four years ago. But the biggest thing is people clicking through from seeing your thumbnail and seeing your title to actually watching your video and YouTube taking note of that. So they are massively important. And I I see that becoming the same thing with Twitch, honestly, uh, in the future, now that they're looking to implement tags, I, I see it being, I mean, you can't really do a thumbnail, I guess, on Twitch, but like title and tags, I think are going to become more and more important on Twitch as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. What it what, what would change if Twitch actually like implemented thumbnails? Do you think that that would be a good idea for the platform?
0: I'd hate to think about how much clickbait would would ensue. <laughs> That's
1: like, so true. It, it's, it's a
0: it's a nightmare even thinking about going to Twitch and seeing custom thumbnails. My word. Yeah, Um, I don't think that would be a good idea. Honestly,
1: (laughs) you see that with like YouTube's live streaming stuff, people are able to actually like make thumbnails for their streams, it'd be so wild if people on Twitch were able to do that as well.
0: I think maybe I think the way that YouTube kind of does it and haven't had that much experience on live streaming on YouTube, but you should be able to set a a thumbnail for a stream event that is happening soon. Like I think that makes so much sense. So if you say I'm going to be streaming one of my podcasts at 1pm or whatever time it is for you, you should be able to have your thumbnail like somewhere saying what it's going to be, if you get me. I think that makes sense. But yeah, clickbait thumbnails for live streams. I don't see that being a good idea.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what what makes a good thumbnail? Let's go through each three of these things and talk about, like, what makes a, a good thumbnail versus the other, the other. But what makes a good thumbnail?
0: I mean, it's it's aesthetic, right? So it is kind of down to personal preference. I think looks good. Um, I think <clears throat> the clear, the key, key things for me are, like, I want to entice people into watching. So I want to kind of show what I'm going to be talking about. Mine are all tutorials. So they're more like, do I want to learn this? this looks like something I might want to learn. I'm going to click on the video. So I want to like cover if it's software based, maybe a screenshot of the software and then some nice big text of what I'm explaining. And then the title, you know, you're bouncing off between the title and the text on the thumbnail to try and entice your viewer as to what you're covering in the video. Um, Definitely don't be using one of the auto generated thumbnails. Like that's what I used to do six, seven years ago because I just didn't think it meant anything, but you should 100% be spending you know, a good chunk of time actually on your thumbnail um, for YouTube. Title, I just try and cover like the search term that people might be using. So, say somebody's searching for how to use Streamlabs alerts on OBS or something like that. I'll try and get those key phrases into my title. You don't want it to be too long because like 60% of people watch on mobile now or something crazy on YouTube and they can't fit the whole title in anyway. So, keep it to like six. Five, six words, don't go over the top because people aren't going to see the end of the title anyway. Um, and then the last one was tags, right? Yeah. Um, tags definitely use the full 500 characters that you get given. Like you might as well. It's not going to hurt you by using the extra tags. I just try and cover some long tail search terms. So certainly when I started, I was like, I'm not going to be able to compete for Twitch OBS or OBS Guide or something like that because there's already channels... That have videos on that and they have you know hundred thousand views so i went after some of the longer tail search terms in my tags things like um i don't know how to stream fortnite with obs or something like that and it's a much longer tail search term but you can put all of that into one tag so you just uh, i mean in youtube you just type out the tag and then press comma at the end and that is your your tag i think it's going to be the same on twitch um But I don't know, it's become less and less about tags as I've gotten bigger. One of the things that I actually put a lot of time into, and I haven't talked about this enough and I haven't heard it being talked about enough, is I closed caption every single one of my videos. I write out the full, everything that I say in English, correctly timed. And I don't see anybody talking about this, but I think that must be so useful because YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the world. behind Google. And they're both owned by Google, obviously. And all YouTube wants to do is recommend the right video to the person. So if you can describe word for word, what your video is about by giving a transcript, surely Google is going to be using that information to help rank your videos. Like for me, that's just like a, an infinite tag list is your, your CC. I'm not saying write stuff that you didn't actually say, but if your video covers a topic in detail, use closed captioning to your advantage. And then it has the added benefit that like, I obviously have a very Northern English accent, and I don't say my T's properly. People might not be able to understand if they're coming from America or from somewhere where English isn't even their first language. So they turn on closed caption. I think I last looked like 10% of my viewers use closed captions. So yeah, of course, I'm going to keep doing that. Every single video I create, use closed captions. You can't do that on Twitch, obviously. So that maybe isn't as relevant to your audience. But that is something that I almost see being more powerful than tags now, I think, in my eyes at least. And that is purely theory-based. Do not quote me on that. But in my head, that makes sense to me that YouTube would be using that information to work out what your video is about.
1: I've actually heard about that from some of the like YouTube educators that I watch, that that is such a, an important part of their process as well, so... Not something that we've actually ended up doing, but definitely something that I'm looking into adding to the workflow in the future for sure, because you're completely right. It is really, really important. Okay, so we have good thumbnails. Uh, We have an awesome title. We've got good tags. Maybe we've even transcribed the entire video, but how do you make a a video that's actually good? Like the chunk of the content, how do you make that in a way that makes people want to keep watching your stuff?
0: I spend a lot of time on YouTube anyway, so I feel like the things that frustrate me about videos, I just, in my head, I'm like, I'm not going to do them. I'm not going to spend every second of the video asking for likes and smashing the subscribe button and things like that. I'll do it once at the end of the video. If somebody's still watching by that point, they probably should subscribe because they've obviously found the video useful. I really got annoyed by people that did two-minute intros to a tutorial video. I don't do that either. I try and get started as soon as I can. Like once I've explained what the video is going to be about, I used to run like a little sting intro at the start, which I don't even do anymore. But then I just try and dive in as soon as I can. Um, So basically my whole theory is based on what I found annoying to watch on YouTube myself. Bad audio. Like audio is so much more important than video on YouTube. Uh, It's crazy. I would almost go the same with Twitch. Like if you're streaming at... 720p, like so many people want to stream at 1080p and 60fps. And I'm like, stream at 720p or 540p and have perfect audio. That will build your success much, much quicker, in my opinion. So again, YouTube, people want to watch tutorials, they want to be able to hear what you're saying. Good audio was another thing that I concentrate on. I think in my head, I just try and create the best video that I can. That's how I could sum it up. But for me, that process is made up of what I find annoying in other people's videos and just not doing that.
1: Do you feel like I think my go on, sorry. Do you feel like intros at this point are kind of like unnecessary? The little like three to five, seven second bumper that people usually do?
0: I definitely wouldn't start with that. Mm -hmm. I've I've never done that and that's advice that I've always said to people is like you usually have like three to five seconds to grab someone's attention when they arrive at one of your videos or at your live stream. So Spend that first five seconds selling what your video is going to be about and what problem it's going to solve for somebody. And then if you really want to do like a logo sting at the beginning, then you can do it, but just do something that's less than five seconds. Like nobody wants to watch your 30 second amazing After Effects animation that you've got of your name appearing from a brick wall or whatever you're seeing nowadays on on YouTube. Like people want to come for content and they get bored very quickly and it's so easy for them to close the tab on your channel and YouTube isn't going to reward you if they're leaving YouTube because of your video so just just if you want to do a logo sting or something just do it quickly and don't do it at the very beginning of the video i would i would start delivering the the quality content that people are looking for as soon as possible because if people keep watching your videos youtube is going to notice and they're going to help promote your stuff to more people
1: yeah that like binge session is so important it's so it's so helpful to get people to like watch your stuff over and over and over uh but let's talk about something that you mentioned which is if people leave your video youtube won't recommend you and they won't reward you for that now something else that youtubers do is they have um maybe like cards or or links somewhere that will lead the viewer to some other platform, be that like Twitter or their Twitch or something else, should people actually be doing this or not?
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting point. It's something that I've debated like internally with myself quite a bit because I, like you, I have a a Patreon. um, And at the end of the video, I like to thank all my patrons of a certain tier and above. And I have a call to action there. Like if you want to help support the creation of all this free content, then please do check out my Patreon page and I link to it through a card and I have thought that maybe that's, you know, maybe YouTube wouldn't be that happy that YouTube's just launched this um sponsorships. I think they've just changed their name actually, memberships now. I can't remember what they've changed their name to. Yeah. Kind of like Patreon but for YouTube Um and I'm like, oh, actually, maybe YouTube's going to start, you know, hiding videos that are rec- like asking people to go to Patreon because they must be a competitor now. So in my head, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be putting a link like call to action type thing. I think at the end of the day, if you worry about too many of these things, then you're just not going to get any create content created. And at some point you have to just be like, if, if I link people off to my Patreon and they visit my Patreon and they don't stay on my YouTube channel at the same time, then that's probably still good for me. Like they're still going to visit my Patreon and hopefully they'll support through that. But I wouldn't recommend doing these things like um, uploading a 10 second video saying I am now live on Like uh, a few months ago, I think it was Linus Tech Tips, did that. They got their YouTube account got a strike, I think, or something like that. So there are YouTube is definitely feeling the pressure of Twitch. So I wouldn't recommend having content that is just trying to get people from YouTube to Twitch. But I think a call to action at the end of your five-minute video or a link in your description, I think that is no harm done.
1: I actually did not know that Linus was the one that had that happen to him.
0: I think it was Linus.
1: Yeah, because I get questions all the time. Like, is YouTube taking down uh, YouTubers that mention their Twitch? And I guess it all resulted from that situation.
0: Mm, yeah, or- I don't think I don't think they'd be stupid enough to like actually suppress the content. But you know, at some point, you have to think from YouTube's point of view, they want to keep people on their platform. Like, I, I've got the same internal dilemma when i start streaming do i do i start streaming on my youtube channel which has 110,000 subscribers and a massive audience or do i start streaming on twitch and like branch out a bit and how do i try and get that youtube audience to realize that i'm live on twitch without really taking advantage of youtube as a platform and you just got to think about the businesses behind these and what their intention where their intentions probably lie it's the exact same with twitch twitch used to have the best feature of instantly publishing your VODs to YouTube and they had like loads of customization around that but then they became big enough to be like actually we don't want our VODs to be easily published to YouTube we prefer them to be published to our own platform and not to send people away to our competitor so you just gotta you just gotta think from the business point of view like put put their shoes on and think about if I was them would I be happy
1: yeah absolutely that's such a huge part of it so, is there anything else? Uh, any other advice that you would give to people who are looking to really like make good content on YouTube?
0: Um, get started, like start today. Don't worry if you don't think your content is good quality or anything like that. My one of my favorite YouTubers is MKBHD, tech YouTuber from from the United States, and like, I mean, his this quote is like as old as time now, but he. He created 78 videos before he hit 100 subscribers. I don't even know what his stats are right now. Somebody will correct me in chat, but I'm pretty sure he has like five, five million subscribers on YouTube right now. But he, it took him 74 videos to hit his first hundred subscribers. And he is like top quality. his, His content is incredible. It's so entertaining to watch. It's all tech videos, but it's like super crisp very high quality. And it's it's amazing to go back and watch his early videos and see he was rubbish at the start. Like he was just a kid. He was like 14 years old and he was using a rubbish camera. But it's one of those things where you just you just got to start. You've got to start. You're not going to get good by watching 200 videos about how to get good. Start and practice and get good over time. It 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 really doesn't matter if you're not good at the start. If anything, it's just going to be like this amazing journey that you can post when you're massive. Like, like uh, MKBHD does now, he goes back and watches like his early videos on his stream. And it's like so entertaining to watch a 14 year old kid with five subscribers.
1: Yes, I love that so much. Actually, the idea of like someone getting massive someday and then watching their older stuff and just seeing that entire journey, especially if some of those people have probably been with MKBHD for years They've been watching the guy for years. Imagine being able to like look back and see the growth of one of your favorite creators and this friend that you have at that point. That's amazing.
0: I actually did that. I recently did like a video for hitting 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. And in that, I like clipped. I had um, little clips of me hitting 500 subscribers and 1,000 subscribers and 10,000 subscribers. And even even, like my, my growth has been relatively rapid, but even watching back a year and a half ago when I hit 500 subscribers to see how much I've grown and like how much more comfortable I am on camera and all those kind of things is, it's such great nostalgia. Like do it just for the nostalgia, start your channel now whilst you're not good and just get better with practice.
1: That's such good advice. It's so good. Let's talk about your YouTube workflow. What does that actually look like?
0: Oh God. (laughs) It's like a spreadsheet of about 60 tasks. That needs to be done for each video. From, oh my god! From like the idea and the scripting, all the way through to like pressing publish on YouTube. In fact, that's not even the last thing. It's like uploading it to my website, uploading it to Twitch. That there's just so many steps. Um, I'd say like the key ones: plan your video, record your video, edit your video. But the reason that I have written all of this down and have got it in a spreadsheet is because. I'll forget to like do my audio levels on a video. And if I didn't have that as a little tech tick list, um, then all my audio would be like super quiet because I'm like editing on my headphones. So it's a nice volume for me, but then I need to boost it before it goes live on YouTube or something like color correction, like so easy to forget. If I've got it in a checklist, I'll make sure that I do it. Um, all those kind of things, tags, titles. I've literally got the full process from start to finish, but it is about 60 60 steps from the idea stage of a video to like having it fully finished, published on all platforms, promoted on my social media. Um, And, and it doesn't even end there. Like I quite often go back to other videos and like I'll change the thumbnail or I'll reword the title or things like that if I think I can get, you know, better results from a different search term.
1: Can we actually get like a link to that list? Do you have that available somewhere?
0: I don't right now. It's in like a Google Docs. Um, tracker that I track all my work with but one of my things that I've promised my patrons is a a video covering the behind the scenes of me creating a video so you just have to hold me accountable for that and that will go live at some point I'm I'm I promise
1: that would be so good yeah because like everybody is asking for that right now That's great. So you mentioned it It can take about like three days for you to do behind the scenes research for the video, then about a day to film the video. How long does it usually take you to edit?
0: Surprisingly, editing is like one of my quickest bits. Sometimes I can get both filming and editing done in like a, a jam packed day. Like the, the editing is what I had a lot of experience with before starting this YouTube channel. So I see myself as quite a competent and speedy editor. And also what I'm editing isn't particularly complicated. It's usually just getting cuts in the right place, audio synced up, color correction, you know, a few B-roll shots and things like that. It's not a particularly difficult edit that I'm doing. I'm not doing stuff with super complex graphics or After Effects or anything like that. Um, So I would say usually I spend, okay, this has changed since I've become full-time. Usually I'll spend a day scripting, And then a day filming and editing. And then sometimes I'll be able to release that same day, but sometimes I'll do it the next day. I I still haven't really worked out a good schedule for my uploads. That's definitely something I'm going to look to move on to next year because I've heard enough big YouTubers say that having a release schedule is one of their reasons for success, that I should probably follow that advice and, you know, release on a certain weekday every week. Uh, But I still don't do that, Um, much to the frustration of my viewers, I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, I, it's kind of, I kind of work on what I want to work on each day, but there's so much going on right now behind the scenes, some of which I have to keep completely underwrapped. And since hitting a hundred thousand subscribers, it's like the flick of a light switch. All of a sudden, everybody wants to talk to you about a video idea and things like that. So I, I spent like half of my day on Skype calls with people, but I am, um, slowly building towards having a much more structured week, which will result in having, you know, videos going up on a certain day and maybe, you know, a podcast going up on a certain day and a live stream on a certain day. And this that's why I would like to be maybe the start of next year. And I'm going to spend the rest of the, this year, just making sure that I can commit to that. Cause I don't want to tell people I've got a schedule and that I'm going to start a podcast that it will come out every week. If I can't, if I can't commit to that, I want to know that I can commit to it and then follow through with that promise.
1: That's awesome. Uh, it's so much work to get out one of your videos. Have you ever thought about like hiring a, an editor or somebody to kind of like take some of the work off of you?
0: I have thought about it. I I actually do hire a freelance writer who is this just amazing guy who basically turns my videos into articles for my website because I don't write at all. And he is a very good writer. Um, I have thought about like outsourcing some tasks, but I can't let go of it. I've I definitely a poor quality of mine. I couldn't be a very good manager because in my head right now, I know exactly how I want everything to be done. And I would, I feel like I would be the worst person to work for in the world if somebody was like, if I was like, oh, could you edit this video? And then I'd scrutinize and I'd be like, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. So don't, don't suggest somebody should edit for me because I think I still need to grow in like this business and learn how I can outsource certain tasks and the other thing is I like I I love every aspect of it so in my head I couldn't just film videos five days a week and then send all that footage off for somebody else to edit because I'd start to hate the filming of it and I'd really miss the editing of it whereas right now when I do every single bit of the of the process like it's that variation which I really enjoy I really enjoy like seeing a video from from the very start to going live and especially if it does well. Um, it, it feels amazing when a video does really well and you know that you've done every single aspect of it. So I probably will at some point. I remember, to go back to MKBHD, I remember him saying this, that he wanted to do every single aspect, but realistically, if he wants to keep growing, he needs to outsource some tasks. So I don't think that's anytime soon, maybe, maybe at some point next year. Um, but for now, I just enjoy every aspect of it too much. Yeah,
1: that is that's such a good realization from him too because it's really really hard to give up that control and especially with something as like creative as making videos is because it's all it's a reflection of you and of who you are and what your your brand is all about and everyone has such a different style and different ways of editing that it's really hard to give up that control but at the same time I think that he's completely right like you kind of hit this level where you're like I can't do anymore. I can't do anything Mm. else. And if I want to start some other style of content, I literally can't do it because all of my time is taken up by this. So I feel like all creators kind of hit that point of, okay, I have to bring somebody on. I have no other choice. Like we have to all deal with that struggle of having to let go at some point, which is unfortunate, but it definitely helps a lot. And there have been a lot of times where I've seen people that have like let go and somebody else has come in to take something over and they do it way better than that creator did. Mm. And the creator starts to take off and also now maybe, has time to focus elsewhere.
0: Maybe that's what I'm scared of is somebody just coming and editing for me and being two hundred times better. Um, no, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> I definitely agree though, like at some point if you really want to if you really want to grow it into a business rather than just a hobby or like, I mean, I guess it is a business for me right now, but it's just certainly just like a, a one person business. If you ever want to grow past that and be like, you know, a Linus Tech Tips size channel on YouTube, then yes, you probably do have to outsource. But I, I'm certainly not anywhere near that point. And I'm enjoying this sort of size, being this size and being able to do everything myself right now.
1: Yeah, that's so great. It's a really good place to be whenever you're just, you're the the person that controls everything and, and you're the, Captain of the ship, basically, so mm. if somebody doesn't have a ton of time to like dedicate to making a video, uh how are they still gonna fit YouTube into their schedule?
0: yeah, it is tough. I really do sympathize with how much work it is now to grow on Twitch or on YouTube for somebody that's like working full time job or you know maybe working full time job and have kids and things like that like it really is tough now um I would suggest like we said earlier on in the video working out what content can be repurposed across multiple platforms. So if you can if you can find ways of using your streams in highlight videos that don't take as long to edit as, you know, planning content and scripting it and things like that. Also, you'd be surprised at how much your community like wants to help. I know that like it it, it doesn't always work out the way that you want to, but I've had loads of people reach like the writer that I was talking about before reached out to me through literally a tweet. I tweeted out saying, you know, I'm looking for a writer and another company that I'd worked with quite closely recommended this guy and he ended up emailing me. So you'd just be surprised at like how many amazing people you have at your fingertips of your community. So you might, you might only stream to 10 people, but maybe within that you have somebody that loves editing and wants, you know, some experience editing to put on their CV or something, and you could reach out to them and they may only edit five videos for you, but that's going to be a massive weight off your shoulders in terms of what you have to do. I see you pointing at the webcam.
1: Yeah, I literally tell them this all the time. I'm like, let just work with people if they believe in you and your content and your mission. Then, um, if they really want that experience, they, you know, let let people go on that journey with you. I think what you're saying is incredibly powerful. And it's something that I really, really believe in a lot. Because it's like, you don't, nobody succeeds alone, right? You can't just, you can't do everything alone forever and ever and ever. Uh, I think at some point we have to rely and put trust in other people.
0: I I think you'd also just be surprised at like how genuine people can be. Like if you build up a real audience with with people, people want to be part of that success. Like Gaming Careers is 100% a community. It is not just like me creating videos. The success is completely down to the people that share the videos and comment and like suggest video ideas and help people discord and it's like it's turned into this place that is just so useful for anybody that's an up and coming streamer or youtuber or something like that and i'm just admit like i'm amazed at how many people choose to support the channel in whatever way they can whether it's through patreon or whether it's non financially and just through sharing videos or you know there's there's some people in my community who have like a a twitch um what do you call them now i should really know this but like the little section about you in twitch below your twitch um, oh it's like the, the
1: profile section
0: the profile yeah they'll like link link to gaming careers through that and say that i learned all my stuff through gaming careers and things like that and that's just like the most heartwarming thing in the world when somebody you know wants to put help you grow by having you on their profile just things like that you'd just be so surprised at how many people want the best for you there's so many trolls out on the internet but there's so many genuine people that want to help each other and that i feel like that's what gaming careers has turned into like this amazing community of people
1: that's so amazing i love that and it makes me so happy because uh, that feeling of like people are they're being helped by you and then they feel like you've done so much for them that they're like, how do I express my gratitude? And just putting you in that profile section or anything else that they've done for you, it's such an amazing feeling and such a great place to be. It makes you feel like, "Ah, it's so fulfilling, right? Do you feel like it just helps keep you going?
0: Definitely. Like that's all the motivation I need. I I, I talked about this 100000 video that I did um, when I crossed it like a month ago or whenever it was. Um, One of, my patrons and part of my community arranged like some videos from other people in my community and completely under the wraps from me, sent them to me when he knew I was making this hundred thousand video. And I just had like 10 clips of people speaking into their webcam, thanking me for the content that I created. And I honestly, I teared up watching it. It was so unreal to see, um, you get told like your your content's been super helpful all the time and see, reading it is nice to read. But when you see somebody like speaking to you face to face, even if it's via the Internet, I've also had the experience of it happening in real life. But it's just the most unreal experience, Even even if it's like 10 people, 10 people telling you that you've made a difference to their stream or you know, if you do editing for somebody and somebody thanks you like person to it's, person, it's just the most heartwarming, incredible. That's all the motivation I ever need. I can watch those 10 videos for the next 10 years and I'll be creating content on a daily basis, I promise.
1: Yes, yes. It's so funny that you mentioned that because we actually had something like that happen to us yesterday. Uh, our community, the Yam Fam, ended up like making a, a secret video for me. That they've been working on for like a month and it was just clips of people um just saying thank you and i got so overwhelmed and i watched it during the stream and just started bawling like i I was a mess but i know now I'm, I'm gonna look at that i'm gonna watch that video every single freaking day that video is gonna be there for me whenever i feel like i'm not as productive someday like oh it's amazing i'm so glad that you've had that as well that's that's incredible mm. So I have uh, just one more question for you. But before I ask that, if anyone is ready with a question for Pete from the Gaming Careers YouTube channel, we're going to go ahead and jump into the Q&A portion of this interview. My last question is, what is your number one tip for Twitch streamers?
0: Oh, gosh, that is a question. Um, Unfortunately, it's probably not one one thing that will Help you be successful on Twitch is probably a culmination of all the advice that Ashni gives and anything else that you can find and networking and all those kind of things. My one tip I would probably suggest that you just start streaming i've said it throughout this video, but you just start and practice because at the end of the day streaming isn't something that you're like born with that natural ability to entertain as well as run your own tv show at the same time that is a skill it's like the first time you drive i know in america you all drive manuals so it's super easy but in the uk we still uh, you, you drive automatics but we drive manuals and it's super complex when you first learn to drive because you're like My feet need to do this. And then I need to push the clutch in and then change gear. And I need to indicate and I need to be checking my mirrors. And it's like 200 jobs that you're trying to do at the same time. And streaming is the same as that. You're trying to run a TV show whilst being probably trying to be good at a game, whilst trying to entertain people, whilst trying to welcome people in chat. It's a skill and it's lots of different tasks. And you need to practice that skill if you're going to get good at it. So don't start streaming and expect in one month's time, I'm going to be massive because I put a month of effort in. You need to practice this and hone your skill. And with that time and practice, you will become better and you'll become more entertaining and people will enjoy watching you more. So I don't know what my one tip was then. Maybe it was start straight away uh, or it was practice until you get good. <laughs> it was one of those two. <laughs> Take whichever one you will.
1: Yeah. And I think part of it too is like, don't have these crazy expectations.
0: Definitely. Get into it for the right reason. That should be my... F- you shouldn't be getting into it for the wrong reasons of I want to make a million dollars. Like think how amazing this is if it does become your job but don't expect it to do it for the right reasons because you enjoy your live stream you enjoy hanging out with a few people that watch you and you enjoy playing games and you want to share that gameplay but don't get into it with the expectation that you will be ninja in three months time because i'm sorry to say it's very unlikely that that will happen
1: yeah it's so difficult to stand out like I th- Honestly, I think if somebody wants to grow really quickly, one of the best things that they could do is just start on YouTube or social media or somewhere that's not Twitch. Because Twitch mm, is could, so hard.
0: It is definitely difficult to start on Twitch. But I think, I think it is at that point now where it's, you're going to have to work whichever platform you, wanna, you want to start on. You're, you're not one of the first 20 people on Twitch. And just going to get big because you have a good computer and a good internet connection and no one else does. And that's how it used to be like now, now you do have to work hard and you do have to be entertaining for people to watch you. You can't just, you know, stumble your way into it. You just have to work at it and hone that skill.
1: Absolutely. So we have a question from Gilligan Knight who asked, how important is social media for your channel?
0: Um, For your Twitch channel, I presume she's saying, yeah. or for YouTube, one yeah. of the two, I would say, That it is important but they each have their own purpose you shouldn't we talked earlier in this um, podcast about repurposing content but one thing that you shouldn't do is just you know upload your whole live stream to youtube or upload your whole youtube video to twitter i feel like you should try and put a spin on it and be what that platform was intended for so for me twitter is like text some images but like mostly behind the scenes stuff Whereas YouTube is where my long form content lives, and Twitch is probably going to be some variation of long form content through a live stream. Um, I think it's important, but like I said earlier, don't spread yourself so thinly where you're trying to be posting on Twitter five times a day, posting on Instagram once a day, posting on Snapchat three times a day, one YouTube video a day, a live stream for three hours. Like you will get burnt out, and your quality, the quality of your content will drop. So pick your platforms. I feel like for gaming right now, it's like Twitch, YouTube, Discord, Twitter, if you have time for it, and then the rest are kind of if and when you want to. Um, but it obviously depends on platform. Like if you're, if you're into cooking, it's probably YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, and Discord isn't going to be one of them, and Twitch maybe isn't going to be one of them. So it kind of just depends on your platform.
1: Absolutely. But I would
0: say, yes, it is important.
1: Yeah, it's definitely important. It's definitely important, but I think some people, like, they they feel really overwhelmed with, like, trying to get good at all of these platforms all at the same time, and especially with streaming, which naturally is, like, trying to do 30 things at once during the entire stream. It can get really mm-hmm. overwhelming, so you kind of have to prioritize and focus and just figure out, like, what do I really need to focus on right now to get the best growth and the best, um, you know, growth in numbers, but also growth for me as a person. I think that's fantastic. Flawless Porcupine asks, What's the best way to start branding your channel and to get the gears going in your head for the thought processes and brainstorming with other people to get ideas from a different point of view?
0: In terms of branding your channel, I think that's something that probably happens over time, but you should try and you should try and do it as soon as you feel comfortable with the brand that you're portraying. Like I still have the same logo and YouTube header since the day I started. I don't think that has changed because I'm not particularly good at branding and I probably should have you know, a, a more personal touch to my avatar and things like that, but I, I'm not particularly good at it. But I would say that that sort of red and white color scheme that I've used throughout my channel has probably been enough branding for me to succeed. So it's important, but at the same time, people spend far too much time setting up their channel and setting up their stream and like spending too much money on personalized graphics and things like that. By far, the most important thing is actually being entertaining to watch. No one is not going to watch somebody because of the resolution that they stream in or, you know, they don't have fancy graphics. Like definitely the most important thing is being entertaining.
1: Yes, that's so important. Anomaly asked, how do you handle down days? How do you get out of (laughs) Debbie Downers?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that, I see happening at some point, I'm so relatively new to being full time that I I don't feel like I've really had a time to have a down day yet. But I know that one day I'll get sick and I don't want to work on my YouTube channel or the business side of things that day. So right now, I would just suggest like, take the time away from what you need time away from. Like if you're going to be rubbish on stream because you feel like you're having a down day, then don't stream. People are understanding if you tweet out and you have a certain number of followers and you say, I'm feeling sick today or, you know, I've got family visiting, not going to be able to stream. I know I said I was going to stream today, but this didn't happen for X, Y, Z. I feel like you can, your your audience is going to be understandable. So I would take the time away and like properly mentally reset. This whole Twitch side of things, I think, probably has a massive mental um aspect to it that we don't really understand yet it's a lot of people sitting in their rooms talking to a computer and I feel like that must have some effect on your mental health and we don't really know how that's going to affect people so do not burn yourself out if you're feeling down and you're having a down day I would 100% recommend taking the time that you need to feel like you're back to yourself and you can get back on stream
1: yeah take care of number one Absolutely. Exactly. Ginger Pichu asked, when you're having massive growth on your channel with subscribers and views a month uh, and you have more time to spare, is it better to make more videos or keep to your current schedule?
0: Uh, I mean, that, I think that's if you're seeing massive growth, then you could probably take either approach. You could either say this is working for me. I'm going to keep doing it. Or you could go all in and be like, I'm, I'm winning at the YouTube algorithm right now. I need to feed it so that i stay relevant but i do feel like if you do the latter you're gonna burn out and that's probably more detrimental to your channel than if you just had kept the once a week schedule or whatever it was that got you growth in the first point
1: yeah i think definitely building it in a a way that's like sustainable for you that that question is basically a quantity versus quality which one should i focus on and i think like it's it's For each person, everyone has to kind of decide that for themselves.
0: Certainly when I started on YouTube, everyone was preaching quantity. Like the amount of advice that was out there that was just like upload every day, get something out there for your audience every day. And I've seen success in the complete opposite. Like whilst I was working full time before, before I was doing this full time, I was probably uploading once every three weeks, which is like, I mean, that's, you hear that as bad advice on YouTube these that's how your channel dies and all that kind of stuff but I feel like I concentrated on the quality so much that my audience didn't mind because they felt that they were getting they were really learning something once every three weeks or however often I uploaded and it was worth waiting around for and from some of the people I've spoken to they'd much prefer that than me churning out content for the sake of churning something out so I, I'm a believer in, it's a little bit of both. You can probably succeed with quantity over quality, but I, it's definitely how I have seen success has been quality over quantity.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, oh, this one's cute. Nadia Hardcandy said, my question is, do you know how much we love you, Pete?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the support of this community has been insane. So I would I would answer with, yes, I do, but I actually probably don't have any understanding of, how many people um have been affected by videos and things but i would just like i appreciate every single comment that i get i've always read every comment that i get on youtube even if it eats into my days
1: Aww. yeah because there's and there are those silent people too like you don't know all mm. of the ways that people are being affected by what you're doing there are people that they never comment but they watch every single one of your videos and they love you but they'll never join your discord they'll never talk mm. to you on twitter They're, they'll never make an attempt to connect but at the same time, it's they're not being affected by you any less and they don't appreciate you any less, right? And I think those people kind of go like unappreciated themselves sometimes. We really focus Definitely. on like the numerical aspect, but I think there's so much to say for the life changing aspect, regardless if someone's really interacting and engaging or not. Hmm. Uh, so-
0: yeah, 100% agree.
1: Sir Logan Moore asks, can we expect videos on streaming with a console, like OBS settings, sound setup, getting party chat in your stream video, etc."
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, a big section of this like um, video list that I want to do is concentrated around both people that want to just stream from their console, but as well as people that want to play a console and stream from their PC. To be honest, the reason I haven't been able to create that much content around it is because I haven't ever been a console gamer myself. I made um, one or two videos, I think, about the like Elgato, um, one of their capture cards. Um, but I definitely, I 100% sympathize uh, with those console gamers that want more content uh, surrounded about them because it is a more complex setup for the majority of the console gamers that still want all of the advantages of OBS or Streamlabs OBS. So definitely will create more content. I'll just have to um, get myself a console.
1: Yes. Yeah, you need one. I, I say that as if I have one, I don't have I don't have one either. <laughs> Except for like the old Xbox three sixty and my PlayStation One, PlayStation Two, all of those. <sighs> Nintendo sixty four.
0: The oh there you go. The OG.
1: <laughs> Hyperion asked, I believe in my content, but when I make a YouTube video, I deliver it in a way that is similar to my live streams. Long form, very few edits, etc. How important is production versus content in making a great YouTube video?
0: First of all, uh, earlier on in this um, in this talk, I said that like um, I found one of my community through YouTube, and then like discovered his Twitch stream through that, and Hype, that is Hyperion. Like, so I actually found his his YouTube content first. So maybe it's just me that's searching for it, but I think like I I really like. The content that he's putting out anyway he's had this awesome journey of really natural growth on twitch um and he's really open about talking about you know what his plan is of of picking a niche game and then trying to move away from it and some of the struggles of drops in viewership and things like that so i really like his long-form content and i think he speaks really well so i, w- I wouldn't veer away from that that's definitely where you've seen success on twitch it's just about Trying to make videos based on what people are searching for, I guess on YouTube. Um, but yeah, he's he's an awesome streamer. He's definitely one that I would uh, I would shout out and watch.
1: That's so awesome! I'm sure he's like pog champing super hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> Lumpy Shinobi asked, "How important is using Discord for networking?"
0: Yeah, super important. I think I think it's probably an underused tool, but it's probably the best right now. I would say Twitter and Discord. Uh, There's loads of good Discords for gamers and streamers. So if you find a good group of people to, like, hang out with and you enjoy being in their Discord and you can help them out and you can hang out, build genuine friendships, I feel like that's probably the best way to network. Um, Twitch as well. I definitely think, like, being in people's streams and being on Twitch is useful, but Discord has that, like, everlasting feel where you can write a comment at 1am when no one else is online but people will see it the next day which doesn't always happen with Twitch so I think I think Discord is like probably the best platform for networking and building real friendships with both your own community and with people in other communities that you like want to get to become friends with the biggest advice is just like when it comes to networking it is about building friendships that is what networking means it's not about you know, doing one favor for somebody and then expecting them to back. It is 100% about building a real friendship with somebody and then maybe you'll help each other out. But like, it should be genuine. It should be a genuine friendship. And I feel like Discord's a really good platform for that.
1: Yeah, Discord's great because you get that, like, that sense of actually having a conversation with the person because it's Mm -hmm. not um, super public like Twitter or Instagram or elsewhere so it's kind of like you're it it has that more sense of being personal versus this is the the I I guess like persona or this is the like professional version of me that's out in the world on social which ideally you know those two people aren't really different but at Mm. the same time yeah I completely agree discord's an amazing place to be
0: and that that was one of the nice things about getting this video from some of my patrons is like in Discord, it is just a username and like the avatar, but then actually seeing their face and actually, I mean, it's it's still not real life meeting somebody, but being able to put words to somebody's face is is so amazing. I've re- I'm I'm going to TwitchCon later this year, which is just going to be the most unreal experience I know, and I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to meet loads of my community as well as like loads of people that I've interacted with on Twitch and things like that, because I do feel like it's it's that next level of friendship and that is what networking is.
1: Yes. I'm going to be there too. So we can oh, well, we can meet. We'll, we'll definitely th- meet up. Yeah, we can meet in person. It's going to be great.
0: We'll do a live podcast like oh in person, God. shall we?
1: That would be awesome. Oh, that would be so good. I see like the YouTube educators doing that all the time and I'm just like I want to bring literally there's so many conventions for people in the gaming community. I want to see the educators in the gaming community creating content with each other at conventions. Yes. Mm. Uh, Acil asked, how do you counteract dead chat? Because sometimes I feel like I'm rambling.
0: You should be rambling. I feel like you're doing the exact right thing if you feel like you're rambling. Because you need, to, you need to grab people's attention as they're coming into your stream, right? So, like, let's say somebody comes into your stream. You probably have 10 seconds to impress them enough that they want to stick around. Otherwise, they're just leaving and finding another stream. And in that 10 seconds, they probably don't show up as a viewer in your viewer list. So you're not going to see, oh, someone's joined my chat. Right, I need to be entertaining. I better start talking about what I'm doing about the game. You need to be doing that constantly because these people are coming into your chat without you really knowing and without you seeing. So if you feel like you're rambling, I'd say you're probably doing a good job as long as you're not literally just saying the same thing every 30 seconds. If you're actually talking and making conversation, even if it's just to yourself, 100% doing the right thing
1: that is so good I feel like a lot of people get caught up in in their game while they're they're streaming and if they don't have like a developed audience yet it's really easy to just say the same thing over and over Mm. and not really be conscious of the thing that you're you're talking about and not really be conscious of of conversation but that is the thing that's like important to be able to do whenever you're growing a community like communities don't grow because someone says the same thing over and over and over people need to get a real sense of your personality and who you are and you can definitely develop that but just knowing that fact like kind of pulling yourself out of hey this is this is the game I'm just annotating everything that I'm doing pulling yourself out of that area and speaking more about like your beliefs and your life and the way that you see the world like so powerful so powerful uh what does the what is the future of gaming careers look like
0: i hope that it's gonna keep growing and keep becoming a a bigger and better place where people can learn all the skills that they need to live stream or to create content within the gaming niche I, i just i want it to become the place to go for whatever you want to learn in this industry Like I want the, I want it to be very similar to what it is right now, but just with more and more and more content Um, and, and branching out from YouTube as well. Like YouTube's always going to be the bread and butter tutorials on there. But like I've said a few times in this call, like I would like to get into different forms of content if that's live streaming some of my tutorials or live streaming something else, podcasts, those kind of things. I hope that it's just going to keep going in this amazing direction you know, it doesn't need to keep growing to do that. It just needs, I just need to keep creating content to do that. But I, I hope that with the content that I create, that I'm just going to help more and more streamers. That's what it is at the end of the day. I want to help more people make a profession from gaming, whether that's streaming or content creation, whatever it is, just trying to teach the skills that they need to be able to do that.
1: That's an amazing way to end. Where can everyone find you, Pete?
0: Uh, probably YouTube is the best place. Um, that's it. Uh, youtube.com slash gaming careers uh also on twitter got a discord but you can find all of those links you know in my youtube description
1: Amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming. No problem on. at all. Hey, streamers. Hope you enjoyed that episode. You can reach Pete on Twitter at gaming careers if you have any questions. He's also actually got a really, really helpful Discord. So I'll leave a link for that below in the show notes as well. Or you can just go to his Twitter and there's a link for it over there. That might be the easiest way. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Leave a comment if you haven't already. Comments really, really help us. That's something that we're really focusing on right now getting more comments on the show. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, like head over and just leave a comment for us. It really, really does help a lot. And I know most of you are actually listening to this through iTunes, iOS, okay? So I see you, I see you, and I see you not leaving comments, and you better go leave. (laughs) Okay, I'm not getting off on this, but really, we really appreciate it. I love you all so, so, so much. Thank you for spending your time every week here with me and our guests and amazing people that you're letting influence you and impact you to go after the dreams that you have for your stream, for content creation, for life. Don't be afraid to dream big and go after those things in your life that really, really scare you because that is where all the good stuff in life lies on the other side of that fear. Okay, so break through it. It's a freaking brick wall and you are the Batmobile. All right, let's go. (laughs) I'll see you all next week. I love you so, so much. Okay, bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Stream Coach Podcast. See you next week.